anytime I am doing anything, I'm hoping to generate positive word of mouth, which of course could lead to future referrals and future opportunities, which I think is true in just about every facet of business. Welcome to Improv is No Joke podcast, where it's all about becoming a more effective communicator by embracing the principles of improvisation. I'm your host, Peter Margaritas, the self-proclaimed chief edutainment officer of my business, The Accidental Accountant. My goal is to provide you with thought-provoking interviews with business leaders so you can become an effective improviser, which will lead to building stronger relationships with clients, customers, colleagues, and even your family. So let's start the show. Welcome back to Improv is No Joke podcast, episode 17. Thank you very much for tuning in today. I greatly appreciate it. Today's guest is comedian Dan Swarthow. Now, I've known Dan for close to 20 years, and we met back in the late 90s at the Funny Bone in Columbus when we were performing at Open Mic Nights. Dan is a nationally touring stand-up comedian who performs at comedy clubs across the country. Dan was selected for the Boston Comedy Festival, he won the Carnival Cruise Comedy Challenge, and is a studio audience host for the Ohio Lottery Game Show, Cash Explosion. Additionally, Dan has performed at the Atlantis Resort in the Bahamas, and has been the warm-up act for CNBC's Mad Money, and has been the guest on numerous television and radio shows across the country. Dan's new CD, 100% certified HPA debuted in the top 20 on the iTunes comedy charts and is currently in regular rotation on Sirius XM radio. If you're looking for a clean comedian for your next corporate event, you can't go wrong booking Dan. His email address is dswarthy, that's D-S-W-A-R-T-Y at gmail.com and his website is swarty.com, S-W-A-R-T-Y. Before we get into the interview with Dan, I normally read a listener's review on my podcast at this point. However, there was not a new review left this past week. So if you're enjoying my podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you would take five minutes and write an iTunes review. If you're unsure of the steps in writing a review, please visit this episode on my website and look in the show notes for the directions. Remember, you can listen to my podcast by downloading the episode from my website at petermargaritas.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, and on Google Play. Also, if you haven't signed up for the SN Challenge, please go to my website, petermargaritas.com, and scroll down to the SN Challenge call to action and click to register to begin building the effective habit of yes and and the principles of improvisation. And remember to share your experiences on Twitter using the hashtag YesAndChallenge. Now, if you're unsure of what the YesAndChallenge is all about, I discuss this in detail in episode zero. So go back and take a listen. This week, I'd like to share with you one of my favorite episodes from The Big Bang Theory, which comes out of season four, episode 14, titled The Thespian Catalyst. This is where Sheldon bombs teaching a class and then turns to Penny to teach him acting skills so he can become a better teacher. As you can imagine, Penny tries to teach Sheldon improv, and it is hilarious. I'll post a link to this video in the show notes so you can enjoy. So everything's done. 
All my housekeeping items are completed. So now let's get to the interview with Mr. Dan Swarthow. Dan, I can't thank you enough for taking time to be part of my podcast. I greatly appreciate it and welcome. Thank you, Peter. It's uh, it's really good to be on the show with you, and uh, I'm looking forward to our conversation. Now, Dan, I, in the intro, I read your background, but I left some things out that uh, I think the audience would be interested in. One, okay. <laughs> one, that you are a licensed attorney here yes. in the state of Ohio. Yes, I, I went to uh, the Moritz College of Law at the Ohio State University. Yes. And when I met you many years ago, you were a full-time attorney with one of the uh, law firms here in Columbus. Yes, yes. Uh, I uh, I took a job at uh, one of the uh, larger firms here in Columbus, spent a couple years there, and then left uh, left the firm to pursue stand-up comedy full-time. And that's worked out well for you, hasn't it? It, it's been all right. It's it's not been too bad. It's yeah. not been too bad. And uh, Dan's also the host of a podcast uh, named CBuzz, and it's in conjunction with the Columbus Chamber of Commerce, CD 102.5, and the Columbus Dispatch. And I do love listening to CBuzz. Hey, thank you. It's, it's a really cool show that I'm really excited about. Basically... I interview Central Ohio entrepreneurs about being entrepreneurs, about how they got started with their businesses, the successes, the failures, hoping to impart some lessons on uh, for our listeners who, who may be interested in being entrepreneurs themselves, things they can take away from how other successful entrepreneurs have gone about building a business and hopefully showing that their stories can prove to be inspirational and instructive for the folks who listen. It's been a really exciting, exciting project. We've been on it now for about a year. We've uh, we've picked up some some media partners with the Columbus Dispatch and CD One O Two Five. We've got a partner with Rev One Ventures here in Central Ohio. Uh, one episode a month actually airs on CD One O Two Five FM, which is exciting as well. And we've had a bunch of phenomenal guests. We m- most recently had our first live recording too, and. Uh, that was exciting because we had 75 people actually in a studio audience watch us record an episode of C-Buzz with Matt Scanlon from Cover My Meds. And that was exciting. It's exciting. And, and it was kind of a little uh, a little different approach because, Peter, if something messes up with you and I here. <laughs> you know, you just stop recording. You go back. You start again. And no one is the wiser if I were to have messed up. In front of that crowd of 75, uh, we just can't edit out <laughs> that uh, mistake in front of a live audience. So it was a little, it was definitely an interesting experience and a lot of fun as well. Yeah, I, I, yes. Uh, I'll, if we mess up, uh, somebody will fix it and we'll keep moving forward. But yeah, I listened to uh, most of that podcast this morning and I, w- I was a little shocked at first. I said, that really is a live audience. And I started wondering how you were guys pulling all of that off. And you guys did a great job from what I heard. 
Thank you. Well, you heard what you heard because, uh, you know, with with the live audience, there wasn't a whole lot of ways to fix anything that might have gone wrong. <laughs> Luckily, nothing did go wrong. Uh, it was a phenomenal experience. Matt Scanlon from Cover My Meds was an incredible guest. And it was a really cool story. And and, and it's it's been a fun project, too, because... We've got uh, these great entrepreneurs who are building such exciting, successful businesses, and we're able to present it in, in a fun, informative manner. It's been really exciting to present these stories in an entertaining, fun, hopefully, like I said, informative and inspirational manner. The show has just really taken off and grown, and it's it's exciting to have been a part of it from the from the very bottom, you know, floor, from the very first time we went in and the very first interview we had uh, to where we are now, we're just, we're adding media partners, we're adding listeners, you know, we're doing more and exciting things like the live audience. It just, you know, if you, if you, if you work hard and you do a, you do something that people are interested in and you can really watch it grow. Like I'm sure your podcast will grow as well, Peter, as in the coming months. And I'm excited to see, uh, to see where this goes from your lips to the podcast gods. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you don't have to be an entrepreneur from central Ohio to listen to this podcast. If you're an entrepreneur anywhere in the United States, anywhere in the world, this is a podcast you should listen to because it's really, really good. I listen to it all the time. Lots of interesting nuggets that take away. Uh, another thing about Dan that most people might not know is uh, you were just recently elected to the city council of Powell. I was indeed. I was elected this past November, November 2015, and I uh, was sworn into office January 2016. Powell is uh, one of the suburbs here of uh, Columbus, Ohio, in Central Ohio. It's a it's a phenomenal place to live. It's a wonderful community, and I'm very excited for the opportunity to serve this great community. and And yeah, it's been it's been a real neat experience. <laughs> so from now throughout the rest of the podcast, I'll just refer to you as Councilman Dan. <laughs> 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 but but you you've known me you've known me for a long long time Peter Dan is just Dan is just fine and, and last but certainly not least Dan is very much a philanthropist in the Central Ohio community. He has donated his time to a number of events to a number of causes. And I tell you what, this by far is probably the biggest piece of Dan Swarthow is what he gives back to the community in his time. And I, I, a lot of people might not know that, but I hope a lot of people realize that after listening to this podcast, you have a big heart, my friend. Well, that is very, uh, very kind of you to say. And as you said before we started recording, your check is in the mail. So I appreciate it. <laughs> Appreciate it immensely. No, that's very, very kind of you to say, Peter. It's, it's, you know, one of the, you know, one of the things about stand up and and being a part of a wonderful community is the opportunity to give back. The community's been very, very good to me, and so whatever I can do, the very, very small, very, very small part I can play to to make our community a better place and a better place for for people. Uh, you know, I, I'm thrilled and happy to be a part of it. But that's very kind of you to say. Thank you so much. Well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a junkie, a follower of your philanthropy here in Central Ohio. And if I'm unable to make the event, I do try to make a don donation to that cause because they're all very, very worthy causes. 
Yeah, we've had a, we've had some real success um, with some of the. We have a we have an event we do. This will be the third year coming up for it called Kicking Cancer with Dan Sword out. Uh, for those of you who might have seen my act, I, I I'm kind of known in part for having this ability to kick very high. I never <laughs> set out to be Peter. I never set out to be Dan the high kick comic. It just kind of <laughs> happened organically on stage. And I am not the smallest guy. I am not the most athletically in shape guy. So when people see this kind of kick that I can do that gets up there sometimes like a punter from the national football league it's kind of uh it's an interesting reaction so that's kind of one of the things i've become known for i'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing <laughs> i don't think <laughs> anyone sets out i want to be the high kick comic but uh that's that's kind of something i've become known for so they came up with this event kicking cancer with dan sword out and we've been able to raise a lot of money uh, it's, uh, it's just some, some fantastic events that we've, we've been able to be a part of. And that's, like I said, Peter, it's very, very kind of you to talk about. When, when is this, uh, uh event? November, November. We're, we're in the preliminary stages of setting a date now. The last two years, it's been at, uh, Worthington Hills Country Club. And we've, uh, we've done really, really well with raising a lot of money for specifically this, uh, this event is specifically for brain cancer and research for brain cancer at the James Tremendous Cancer Hospital here at the Ohio State University. It's just uh, this event has been very successful and, and we hope to make it even bigger. Yeah, Dan, I will say that I the first time I saw you do that kick, one, it shocked me, but I think I pulled a hamstring and I was sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's just something that happened organically. I have a bit that calls for some physical movement and, you know, it wasn't anything like choreographed or rehearsed in advance. It's like, because I'm doing this physical movement, I just kicked. And the audience kind of was like, whoa, taken aback, aghast, almost like you, that the, the, the kick got <laughs> so high. And, you know, I've actually hurt myself on more than one occasion doing that kick. So if if you see me... Uh, in your area doing stand-up comedy, you might want to see me in the next uh, immediate future before that kick might be retired <laughs> because time is undefeated, Peter, and time will defeat the kick as well. Uh, so true, my friend. So true, my friend. I have a, I'm have 55 years old. I have a, a body of an 80-year-old and a mind of a 20-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> so you, 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 you've been a very successful stand-up comic. You do a lot of stuff at the Funny Bone throughout the country, as well as the improv. And you were sharing a story with me. You were, um, what would you say, warming up the audience uh, at a Columbus Chamber of Commerce event recently? Uh, the Columbus Chamber of Commerce's annual meeting, I, I gave the opening remarks. It was an interesting, interesting day. It was a really exciting event because it's it's held at, at the big Columbus Convention Center, and there were over a thousand people in attendance. Some of the premier business and uh, community leaders throughout central Ohio and Columbus. And to go out and give those opening remarks at 8.30 in the morning to kind of a cold crowd, that was a, it was a fun and interesting experience. Definitely, definitely a little bit different than stand-up. I, I, I was out there. I had uh, 
teleprompters. I had a script, words written for me. It was it was it was exciting and it was different. It was another chance to kind of stretch my you know, my skills and and a little bit and and you know, the more skills you have to your arsenal, Peter, the more things you can do. If you can do, you know, stand up, you can do improv, you can do a keynote speech, you can be a master of ceremonies, you can host a show like you're hosting now. The more talent you have, the more skills you have in your arsenal, obviously, the more things you can do. So anytime I get an opportunity to stretch my skill set a little bit, I'll definitely try to take advantage of it, have fun, do the best job I can, and hopefully take away something, uh, a learning experience from it as well to improve. Because I think one thing Every skill that you, you know, that are somewhat related, like I talked about, you know, stand up comedy, hosting, speaking, um, you know, master of ceremonies, all kind of interrelated skills. And, and the better you get at one of them, I think the better you get at all of them when they're interrelated like that. So you can take things from a comedy performance, even though my goal, my goal in the morning uh, at that meeting, uh, warming them up there kind of doing those opening remarks, 8.30 in the morning in front of a thousand people. My goal wasn't to make them laugh. It wasn't a comedy performance, but a lot of the things I've learned from years and years of stand-up, I could, of course, translate to that. The ability to to read an audience, the ability to you know, measure my performance based on the audience's reactions and expectations. And, and I think a lot of those skills are translatable to many different types of performances, speaking engagements, what have you. So it was an exciting event. Um, <laughs> you know, there was a, there was a lot of uh, very influential and successful people there and, and having the opportunity to talk in front of them was, uh, was, was really, really exciting. And like I said, I think I was able to take something, a learning experience, a learning piece from it as well as having just a, a fun time doing it. Uh, I just want my audience to think about he, the thousand people that were in attendance did not shake him at all because I believe that's his average size of his uh, uh, attendance <laughs> at his shows. <laughs> it was a little smaller. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, it was, you know, yeah, it's, it's a little, you know, it's when you're used to theaters and stadiums. Yeah, a thousand people. No, that's very funny. <laughs> uh, uh, but he also said that, so this is not something you normally do. 8.30 is not a normal time of, of doing stand-up. Um, I believe you were wearing a suit and tie that day, something that you don't wear on stage. As I what? do not wear a suit and tie on stage. Normally, I mean, obviously, if the client were to call for it in some sort of private engagement, I would. Um, but that's not my normal... That's not my normal attire, no. And you've got the mayor of Columbus in the front row, along with some very influential people in the city of Columbus in central Ohio. And you've got this huge audience for this great exposure for your brand. And based on what I'm hearing, you did a great job. Well, thank you. And, you know, it wasn't so much primarily my brand. I never really thought about it like that. I thought about it kind of in the vein of uh, the event itself and obviously because it's the Columbus Chamber of Commerce and the Columbus Chamber of Commerce is one of the driving forces behind 
the CBuzz podcast, I kind of thought put a thought more of it in terms of that, you know, as the host of CBuzz more than just Dan Sword out, you know, comedian, host, whatever. I kind of thought about it more in that realm as opposed to exposure to my brand, kind of just, I was the host. Yeah, if that makes any sense. Your your brand, in my perception, is many, many different hats. And I would say anytime that you're in front of any type of audience, the Dance Worth Out brand is is on on display, whether you're doing a corporate event, whether you're hosting uh, the Chamber of Commerce or doing the thing with the cash explosion. All of that's part of your brand. And, and yeah, and, and I guess if we try to relate this to corporate America, the ability to stand up in front of an audience, articulately get your point across, goes a very long way in, in building one's career, building one's brand. Yeah, I think that's right. And I, I know there's nothing more fun than talking about building a brand in stand-up comedy, because that is just a, a hilarious, hilarious concept, uh, is talking about brand building. No, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, you know that, that's, that's true. That's always true to an extent, because when you do anything in front of people, talking in front of people in any type of realm, word of mouth is, is a thing, and word of mouth is a thing in any kind of business, I would assume, you know, positive word of mouth, negative word of mouth. So obviously, anytime I am doing anything, I'm hoping to generate positive word of mouth, which of course could lead to future referrals and future opportunities, which I think is true in just about every facet of business. You know, being a stand-up comedian, it's, it's a fun job, but it is also a, it is a business and it's a business where I you know, I'm in charge of not only the performance aspect of what I do, but you can't perform in a vacuum. You know, I could be the greatest performer in the world, but if I'm doing it only in my living room and no one has the ability to see it, it, it really doesn't matter. So the ability to go out there and find opportunities to find people willing to to pay you to do what you do that's a tremendously important piece i think for a stand up comedian i think for any speaker i would say and so every i guess every time yeah every time you know i'm out there speaking regardless of what it is i'm hoping that it's generating positive word of mouth which could of course lead to potential you know potential opportunities Correct. And like I said, you don't ever want to get in front of an audience and not be prepared or just kind of just kind of wing it. And, and in full transparency, I hired Dan not too long ago to help me. It's been about 10 plus years since I've done stand up. And I was going to I promised a, a colleague that I would do eight minutes of stand up at his theater group in Detroit. Yes. And, and you remember, I, I'm, I'm still very, very rusty, but. I hired you, you worked with me, and even on some of the most little things that, you know, and I, and I did some stuff here in, in central Ohio, in the Columbus area, but when I went to Detroit, I was, I was much more comfortable. I wasn't going to fall on my face because, one, I had a good coach. Two, I worked at it. Three, I trusted my skills. But if I hadn't had hired you to help me do that, I'm not sure that I would have come off anywhere near being as as polished as I was. So I guess my point here is, you know, if you're rusty at something and you need some help, 
you can either go the slow route and try to fix it yourself or find someone who's a professional that can help you get to that level and get that that the polish and, and the rust off so you can make a positive impact. Yeah, I think that's true in a lot of fields. I mean, if you have a skill set you need to develop and there are people around you who have an expertise or or uh, or a lot of experience in that particular skill set. You know, that's a valuable resource if you're looking to improve what it is that you do. And that, I think that's true in comedy. I think that's true in speaking. I think that's true in, uh, in just about any field. And you mentioned one thing a little bit ago about being prepared. And I think that is 100% the case. you want to be prepared. You want to know what you're talking about. You want to have a grasp of what it is that you're going to say, what it is that you're going to do. The key, the trick that I think between a good speaker maybe and a great speaker is that the great speaker and the good speaker are both prepared and ready and on top of what it is they're going to do. The great speaker, however, doesn't appear to be over-prepared the way they're talking to you, even though they know they know exactly what they're going to say and what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. To the audience, it almost appears as this is coming right off the top of their head. And I think that is one of the, the real pieces of magic behind comedy or any type of speaking, the ability to convey something, the ability to convey a message, a speech, whatever it is that you're going to do that is prepared, that you know, but the audience believes you're just doing right off the top of your head because you're so natural in the way that you deliver it so you don't look over prepared. And I think that's a one of the key things as far as any kind of speaking is the ability to be prepared but to look like you're doing it for the first time or you're just thinking about it right there. That's that's key. That's it, great. And I, I believe that wholeheartedly. I, 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 as you were describing that, I, I put it in terms of you're actually not presenting to the audience. You're actually having a conversation with that audience. Absolutely. And if you can do that, and I've seen you perform, and I I can imagine the hours of practice that you've put in that you that you know. Hey, Dan, what's number five in your set tonight? Boom, you could probably go to it. Or as you are a a, a national headliner, you probably walk up there on stage, have an idea where you think you want to go. But based upon that audience, you may drop a joke or two that you thought about doing, and bring in a couple of other jokes that would meet the need of that audience. Generally speaking, what I do is, and this is kind of advice I give to younger comics, and I think it applies to a lot of different speaking scenarios as well, is I know generally what I will open with. I know what I will close with. I know some of the things I want to do in between, but the journey from the opener to the close can be fluid. <laughs> and I think that's one of the things that as any kind of speaker, you have to be prepared for a little bit of fluidity because you never know what might happen. And if you let something rattle you or shake you, it can be very difficult. You know, for example, obviously the the, the perfect 
cliche in the world of stand-up comedy and what everybody wants to know about in stand-up comedy is hecklers. How do you deal with hecklers? How do you deal with hecklers? Hecklers can throw you off. That's, you know, they can, and you learn to deal with it. And, and, but you know, even in a, like, let's say you're doing a presentation in front of accountants, like you sometimes do, Peter, and you're in the middle of your presentation and somebody drops a tray full of glasses and the glasses shatter everywhere. I mean, that's something that if you unnerved you, it could throw off your entire presentation. You could lose that audience and have a hard time getting them back. But having that ability to adapt and be fluid with anything that goes on, which generally comes with experience more than just any kind of innate ability, that's going to kind of separate you and allow you to keep and connecting, keep connecting with your audience regardless of what might happen. I mean, anytime, anytime you get in front of a group of people and talk, there is always room for error. There is never a hundred percent perfect situation. You could have an equipment malfunction. You could have a disruption in the audience. Peter, I've had shows, I had a show, and I'll never forget this show, where I somehow managed to combine in the same show the police coming into the comedy club and arresting somebody in the middle of my show and still managing to get a standing ovation at the end. And that's not anything about me and how great I am, because I'm not going to sit here and lie and get tell you I get standing ovations all the time. But that was just a fun show to just kind of highlight that, you know, if there's such a disruption that the police have to come in in the middle of your show and arrest somebody and you still got the audience in such a manner that at the end of the show you get a you know a really good response you've got to be ready for anything and and the more you do it obviously the more you'll experience i'm sure the first time you go on stage and you deal with any kind of equipment malfunction you know your mic goes out the lights go out you've got a powerpoint presentation and you know how how often do technical glitches happen you know the first time you have it it's going to be more difficult to deal with the more often you do it the more you're able to deal with that or anything cuz anything can go wrong during a performance and the ability to handle that and bounce back and the ability to remain fluid and to be able to get off track, keep the audience engaged while you're off track, and then get back exactly to where you want to go. I mean, that's the key, I think, to being a really successful speaker of any type in the long term. It's the ability to say, yeah, something may distract me from where I want to go. I can work with that, keep the audience engaged, and then I'm going to always get back to where I want to be. Well put. Uh, what I tell, you were referring to PowerPoint, and when I work with people on their speaking and presentation skills, I go, you know you're prepared if you've got an hour, hour and a half, two-hour presentation, and just before you start, your PowerPoint freezes up. <laughs> and that's, that's happened to me a, a couple of times. And if you can go and... Go do your speech or your presentation and fill that time with pretty much everything that you were going to talk about without having to refer to your PowerPoint. That's when you're prepared. And quite frankly, I wish I didn't have to use PowerPoint. I find it more engaging with the audience when they're not latched on to a PowerPoint presentation and trying to read it. Um, 
I just, I, I'm actually want to talk about fluid and, and you mentioned an improv. I'm going to facilitate a two hour course conversation on public speaking and presentation skills. However, I'm going to do it very differently this time. I'm not coming with a PowerPoint. I want the audience to tell me which way we're going to take this course. There you go. What questions do they have? So it will be, and you're right, I will be so prepared that I'll be able to have this conversation and and, and, and fluid, be improvised to whichever which way we go. I think that'd be much more powerful than an audience sitting there listening to me and watching a PowerPoint at the same time. You know, I, I think sometimes when PowerPoint presentations just, instead of adding to the speech, just kind of mirror what the presentation says. I think PowerPoint can be used effectively, but I think it's it's most effective when it is an addition with some supplemental material as opposed to, well, I'm going to say something that's exactly the same thing you just are going to see on this screen. Right. I go, <laughs> when I work with people, they put a counselor put every word on the screen and I go, They've passed the CPA exam. They know how to read. You need to tell a story around what you're trying to say and, and use the Lincoln. Less is more. Mm-hmm. You know, the Gettysburg Address was 271 words. Everybody remembers the Gettysburg Address, but the, I don't remember the guy who spoke before him, but he spoke for an hour and a half. And he's, did, did he? Is this a real story or is this apocryphal? Uh, no, no, this is a real story. Excellent. Uh, and, and he spoke for an hour, hour and a half. And nobody knows the guy. So... Less is always more, and the better storyteller you are, uh, the more you're able to get your point across. And and from your perspective, you know, I, I call myself chief edutainment officer because <laughs> I, I believe if you can entertain an audience, they'll retain the information a lot better than not entertaining that audience. Sure, sure. Oh, absolutely. So and that's that, that's that's the whole goal. So one thing I will call back to when the plates and everything fell and crashed. And first thing that came to my mind is after the noise would settle, I'd look at the crowd and go, must be a Greek restaurant. Because <laughs> all the broken plates or that waiter must be Greek and felt like he, that's his way of applauding this presentation. And then just moving on forward. But yeah, you've, you've got you to expect the unexpected. And if you, are, if you get flustered by just the little... Because you will make mistakes. If you get flustered by a little mis- mistake, then it's just going to snowball to something bigger, 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 and bigger. Hey, um, before we wrap this up, I, I just added this into uh, my podcast because I-, I was watching David Faraday, who's a golf analyst, but he's got an a interview show on the Golf Channel, and he interviews a lot of different people. But at the end of his show, he has this thing called Rapid Fire. I've got 10 questions for you, Dan, and, and oh, let's, wow. let's let's see how you answer these, okay? Oh, wow. There's no prep on this at all. No prep on this at all. Okay. Go on with the flow. Be a fluid. Remember, be a fluid. I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> all right. First, Kevin Hart or Richard Pryor? As far as my preference? As far as your preference, yes. Uh, I'm more familiar with the work of Richard Pryor, so I'd say Richard Pryor. But I, uh, I, I, from what I've seen of Kevin Hart, I think he's very, very funny as well. Oh yeah, I, I, I love both of them. But I'm, I'm a, I grew up with Richard, and I used to be able to do his bits verbatim. Uh, next question: Skyline Chili or White Castle? White Castle. Okay, Bruce Springsteen or 
boys to men? Uh, boy, um, <laughs> these are some interesting questions, <laughs> Peter. These are very interesting questions. Um, I would probably say Bruce Springsteen. Okay. Although I don't know if I would rather... I don't know who I'd rather see in concert, to be honest, because, you know, I don't have seven hours to go to a Bruce Springsteen show. <laughs> so, you know, maybe if it's an actual concert, I'd maybe rather see Boys to Men so I could get to bed at a decent hour. <laughs> You're killing me, Dan. Uh, what's your favorite type of meat? Bratwurst. Bratwurst. Uh, charcoal or gas grill? Gas grill. And it's funny you mentioned that because <laughs> just before we started this, I was on my brand new Weber gas grill uh, cooking up some uh, <laughs> some, uh, some food. Wow. Are you, is this, I, I know this is audio, but is there some sort of camera on me as well right now? No, but being a follower of you on Facebook, I remember you recently <laughs> got the gas grill, so I felt like that was an appropriate question. Very, oh yeah, very, uh, very thrilled with my new grill. I, uh, the Jetsons or SpongeBob? I have never actually seen an episode of SpongeBob, so I would have to go with the Jetsons, although I haven't seen an episode of the Jetsons in probably 25 years either. Okay, Scooby-Doo or Astro? Now we're really in your Hanna-Barbera phase here, Peter. I mean, I'm wondering, is there a Space Ghost question next? Or um, Astro was the Jetsons' dog, correct? Correct. I'd have to go Scooby-Doo because my daughter is currently a big, big fan of Scooby-Doo. So I've been exposed to Scooby-Doo recently. It's been a long, long time since I've seen any of Astro's work. However, in the animated canine department, he is certainly an icon. <laughs> the animated canine department. <laughs> Thank you. Uh -huh. Oh, man. What's your favorite movie? Uh, of all time, you know, it varies from day to day. You could, uh, I would probably say Goodfellas on most days, but there are days where you could catch me saying something else, but probably 200 out of 365 days a year, I'd say Goodfellas. Okay. Here's a really tough question. As it relates to toilet paper rolls, over or under? On the sink, not tape attached to the roll, because I'll tell you what, here's my thing on that. When you're buying the big rolls, like the double rolls, yeah. they oftentimes don't fit in uh, in the, the holder. So it's sometimes just better to put them by the sink. So I don't have an answer on this. I know this is a question that has divided people for centuries and will continue to do so. So I have remained neutral by setting it on the sink until they make the holders big enough to hold a double roll or a triple roll, because I'm buying for economy here, Peter. Until they make that happen, it's sitting on the sink. Now that you say that, I think the standard roll, the, the, the device that holds it was built for a single ply roll. And the yes. only place you can find a single ply roll is probably in most airports and office buildings. So I agree with you. They need to redesign it or just put it on the sink. I, in fact, I'm going to sell my house for that very reason. <laughs> Finally, last question. Who's your celebrity crush? Celebrity crush? Yeah. You know, I honestly can honestly say I 
don't have one. I've never even thought about that. Hmm. Um, okay. You know, probably because I'm a grown man, Peter. <laughs> oh, all grown men and grown women have celebrity crushes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, if, you had, if you had asked me when I was eight years old, I, I would have, I, you know, this would have been not just rapid fire 10. It could have been rapid fire 80. <laughs> but I am a, uh, I'm a grown man now, Peter. Well, <laughs> I asked my wife this question, and she did not hesitate one second. Say, Mark Harmon. Mark Harmon. You know, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. summer school. Uh, NCIS. I yes, yes. But for me, I've never seen an episode of NCIS, but I've seen the classic teen comedy summer school probably forty times. Chainsaw, Dave, Mark Harmon, <laughs> Wonder Mutt. Peter, I'll lend you the DVD. Uh, oh, are you sure that's not on VHS? Uh, I'm sure you can find <laughs> You might even be able to find it on Beta or Laserdisc. Can I listen to it on an 8-track? Uh, a little past the 8-track time, <laughs> but, but definitely VHS. You could probably get the soundtrack on cassette. I'm surprised you're not familiar with summer school. I, that, I... Probably because I went to summer school. Uh, <laughs> that's probably why I'm, I'm not familiar with that, <laughs> that series. Uh, <laughs> enough said about that. <laughs> uh, Dan, before, before we sign off, you know, you host CBuzz and you talk to various entrepreneurs in central Ohio. And as we've gone through this conversation, you, my friend, are an entrepreneur in central Ohio. And I think for one of the episodes, you should be able to interview yourself for CBuzz. That would be an interesting and yet confusing episode for our audience. Um, where I, you know, hey, Dan, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Dan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the, to me, part of being a good host is not overshadowing or upstaging your guests to an extent. So part of the thing I like about being a host or being a master of ceremonies is that I accentuate the guests or the event and never try to put myself over the guests or the event. So I like the way that CBuzz is very guest-focused. And I wouldn't want to take away from that by making it the Dan Sword Out show. It's, it's, I'm the host, if that makes sense. It, it does make sense. But I guess, you know, in all seriousness, maybe they should interview you for upcoming episode because you are an entrepreneur in central yeah. Ohio and have given a lot to this community. Oh, that's very nice of you to say. Um, I think you're just angling for me to answer that celebrity crush question now. <laughs> I think you're just trying to... to... <laughs> what, ce what celebrity would you like to have interview? Uh, um, <laughs> what celebrity would I like to have interview me on CBuzz? Oh, Rod Serling. Uh, See, so that's the thing. I, you, Rod Serling. Okay. But Rod Serling's no longer alive. But you, you asked, so... Uh, since it's not going to happen anyway, I figured there were no limits to the answer of that question. Well, I will start learning how to do his voice and maybe come and interview you. <laughs> it's Rod Serling on, on CBuzz. It would truly, if Rod Serling interviewed me on CBuzz, it would be an episode worthy of the Twilight Zone. <laughs> 
Bingo. And that's a wrap. Uh, hey, Dan, I can't thank you enough uh, for taking time uh, to spend with me on this podcast. Uh, I, I enjoy our conversation. Uh, actually, we could probably talk for another half an hour or so, but I know you've got something grilling on that grill, some bratwurst or something that you got to get to lunch. So once again, Dan, I greatly appreciate it. Thank you very much for your time. Hey, it was my pleasure. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, Peter. I hope you all had as much fun listening to this episode as I had interviewing Dan. He is a very funny guy, great coach, and a good friend. Dan gave a lot of great advice around the topic of public speaking. I felt the big nugget was when he was discussing about being prepared. After listening to our conversation, I would define prepared as the ability to carry a conversation with the audience, always moving it forward in a positive direction, adapting to the variety of distractions, all the while not referring to your notes or your slides, and providing the audience with the information they came looking for. If you reflect back on this episode, the number of references to improv were huge. For example, Dan wears a variety of hats. He performs to a wide variety of audiences. His stand-up act is very fluid to meet the audience needs, etc., etc., etc. Think about these, and I'm sure you can relate them to your everyday world. Remember, improv relates to everyone, no matter what type of work you do. As of the airing of this episode, here is Dan's stand-up schedule for the rest of 2016, if you'd like to see him, or he might be in your area. September 29th through October 2nd, he'll be in Richmond, Virginia at the Funny Bone. October 13th through 16th, he'll be in Columbus, Ohio at the Funny Bone, as well as from November 10th through the 13th, he'll be in Columbus at the Funny Bone. On November 18th, he'll be in Hilliard, Ohio at the OSU-UM Great Debate, which is always a good time. December 1st through 4th, he's back in Columbus, Ohio at the Funny Bone. December 8th through 11th, he's in Virginia Beach, Virginia at the Funny Bone. And rounding out the year from December 29th through the 31st, he'll be in Albany, New York at the Funny Bone. Dan is a very funny comedian, and if you're looking for a clean comic for your next corporate event, I would highly, highly, highly recommend hiring Dan. Dan's email address is dswarthy at gmail.com. That's D-S-W-A-R-T-Y. And his website is swarthy.com. Dan mentioned in the interview about kicking cancer with Dan Swarthout. Well, it's scheduled for Friday, November 18th, and you can check Dan's Facebook page for all the details. Thank you for taking time to listen to this podcast. In episode 18, I interview Mark Weisbrood, who lives in the greater Atlanta area and is a local capitalist and president of Small Business CFO, Inc., along with being a proud papa. His wife recently gave birth to their second child. Oh, and by the way, Mark is also a CPA. So until next time, use the principles of improvisation to become a better public speaker and presenter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.